are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast, a part of the Locks on Podcast Network. Your team every day listen to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. But what are we talking about in today's pod? Well, we got a crossover with Locked On Orioles host Connor Newcomb where he's doing this little series talking to a bunch of other lockdown hosts who have teams going through rebuilding phases or just overall really bad teams. So we compared our two teams. You compare their rebuilding plans, the trajectory of our franchises. We look back at some of the past D-backs trades as well, like the Paul Goldschmidt trade. So me and Connor basically just live in sorrow on this podcast about our two horrendous franchises. So It's going to be a jam-packed pod as always. It's going to be a fun pod as always. So let's jump right into it. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so we welcome Miller Shane Thomas back into the podcast. He is the host of Locked On Diamondbacks here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Miller, first of all, thank you so much for coming back here on the pod uh, during this lockout. Yeah, no problem. It's been a it's been a minute since we've done a crossover, kind of. So nice to talk to you again. I think the last time we had you on, we talked about Domingo Leba. Uh, oh yes. No longer even with the Orioles. Uh, he was DFA'd <laughs> yeah. about a month and a half later after we talked about him. Uh, but he, he had a little run with Baltimore. Um, but now we're going to talk about, you know, a, a series that I'm continuing here on Locked on Orioles, just kind of comparing the Orioles rebuild to the plan of other teams who, let's just say, lost a lot of games in <laughs> 2021. And as we both know, the Diamondbacks is the best comparison because these two teams finished with a 52 and 110 record. And if not for a walk-off home run on the final day of the season, it would be the Diamondbacks who would have the number one pick. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to ask from like the Diamondbacks media, Diamondbacks fan perspective, what was the reaction when it went from, wow, we ended our season on a walk-off homer to immediately, oh, wow, we now have the number two pick instead of number one. Well, there was definitely a pivot during the season where once you know where the season's going, you're like, all right, I'm just trying to lose as many games as possible because the D-backs like the Orioles, they were in line to break a lot of records in terms of losing streaks this season. So uh, there, there was a time where I'm like, all right, let's just lose every road game because at one point we did set the all-time road losing streak record during the season. So you fast forward to the end of the year and it's like entering the last day. I knew the implications. I knew if we won and the Orioles lose, we could lose that number one overall pick. So what did I want the D-backs to do? I wanted them to lose 
was that last game of the season. As nice as the home run was by a Josh fan meter, it's not like he did a lot of D-backs favors during the season. He had like double-digit errors. He was pretty bad during the season. So for the fact that he was so bad during the season, then he gives the D-backs a gift of a walk-off home run on the last day, just kind of summed up the whole season because the D-backs could never do anything right. So I guess as an Orioles, Orioles fan, you probably feel similar, but at least you get the number one overall pick. Number two is not too bad either, but at least I, I wanted that security of picking whoever I wanted on the board at the time. Yeah, and there's a there's a really good crop of it seems like five or six guys who could all potentially be number one in next year's draft. So number two is still a, a good spot. But it's funny you mentioned Van Meter. I was kind of looking up his stats. It's like he was hitting 210 with five <laughs> home runs on the season coming into that at bat. And of course, it's like that guy who hits that home run. You know, it's not it's not a uh, you know a Cattell Marte or a, you know a David Peralta, a veteran leader on the team, or a or a Carson Kelly who's been a nice little you know breakout catcher. It was. Josh Van Meter, who who does it to the Diamondbacks. No, if it was any of those guys you just mentioned, I would have given them a pass. But the fact that it was Josh Van Meter, who seemed to have like 10 errors his last like 25 games of the season, just been so disgusting to watch the last couple of months. It, it was really tough to watch to see him hit that walk-off home run. I, I was not very happy to see it. So even with that, they still have the number two pick, and they still mm-hmm. did tie for the worst record in baseball at 52 and 110. Now, the difference between Arizona and Baltimore is that the Diamondbacks have been in the postseason more recently than the Orioles have. And, you know, I, I did want to ask this question because the Orioles have been pretty transparent and not, not just, you know, like the, the fans knowing what's going on, like the front office has been pretty transparent on, you know, Hey, you know, we don't love the word rebuild, but that's basically what this is. You know, they've said that, you know, rock bottom was kind of this year, 2022 will be interesting. And they've said 2023 will be the year we compete to get back to the playoffs. And they've said, you know, this is what we're doing to rebuild the system and, you know, go into international free agency and all these different things. So I I wanted to ask about the D-backs who had the same record. What is their plan? Like, do you consider them in a rebuild? Are they in more of kind of retool mode? What, what is Arizona doing? You know, can't really do much right now this off season, but what is their plan at the moment? Yeah, it's really hard to say because I don't know myself if this team is trying to rebuild or retool. And I feel like it's more of a retool because if you're full out rebuilding, of course, we're in a lockout. So we don't even know if all the moves have been made yet. But if you're in a full out rebuild, I assume you're moving a Ketel Marte because he's the headliner. He's the one that could bring you back, uh, you know, a major package and prospects or whatever else. But I don't think the D-backs are trying to rebuild right now just because this was a team in 2018, 2019. They won 80 plus games. And then going into the 2020 season, that's when they signed Mass and Bumgarner thinking they were going from an 82 win team and then maybe a bum garner could push them to a 91 team. They could be competitive. And then you look at the way 2021, of course you had COVID, you had the pandemic 2020, as I always tell my listeners, I just kind of throw it away. So what did the D-backs go? uh, What did the D-backs do going to 2021? Not really much. I think they just kind of looked at 2020 as like a weird season. A lot of players were either hurt or really had down seasons. And so I think they just said, Let's run it back in 2021 and let's see what we have because we don't think 2020 was the true, uh, was really the true outcome of what this team can be. And it wasn't much different in 2021. But again, I can't put it all on the talent because the D-backs had as many injuries, if not more than any other team in baseball. They lost a lot of dudes during the year. So for the D-backs team, I'm not really sure where they are headed as a franchise, their trajectory. I feel like they're kind of in the stalemate position because Madison Bumgarner, that contract has not worked out at all. It's all of a sudden an albatross contract one of the worst in baseball and so you're not moving him anytime soon and you still have some interesting guys on this team a Carson Kelly a Ketel Marte so I think right now they're just going to kind of play it safe probably add some uh 
dudes during the offseason because they already signed to Mark Melanson. We know the bullpen has been a big issue for this D-backs team. So I think they're going to try to work around the edges and try to just get back to that 80-win team because I did a podcast this uh, earlier this week of should the D-backs do a full rebuild like the Houston Astros and do three years of tanking or should they just retool? And I think they should just retool because Ketel Marte is a guy who's like 28 years old. When he's healthy, he's legitimately one of the best players in baseball. You have a whole bunch of other young talent, like you said, Carson Kelly, Dalton Varsho, guys. Zach Gallon still. So right now, I think the D-backs should just retool. Hopefully you get some internal development. You went out there, you hired Brent Strom, and you basically revamped the coaching staff. So right now, I think the D-backs are looking for internal development, maybe sign a couple key relievers, maybe sign a third baseman or another outfielder, and then kind of basically run it back in 2022. And hopefully you get a healthier season, some balance back seasons from some of your guys. I know that was a pretty long rant there, Connor. Yeah, but it's it's all good insight because even the Mark Melanson signing, I'd kind of forgotten about that one. I feel like it was one of the ones that had kind of gotten lost in the mess uh, of that week of signings right before the lockout. And you think about it, you know, Melanson is not the pitcher he was, you know, in Atlanta, but he saved over 40 games for a team that had playoff aspirations in San Diego last year. So, you know, if, if you're a rebuilding team, you're going out and signing the middle reliever who you think maybe could close games for us and maybe we could trade at the deadline. You're not signing the veteran closer to, you know, a solid deal. So, you know, I do think, yeah, if if Arizona does try to get healthy and run it back. And now I I did want to ask quickly, say, you know, I don't think like the Diamondbacks, they, they have more talent, I think on the roster than the Orioles do it. And unless all this goes wrong again, like I don't think they're losing 110 games, but -hmm. if they lose 90, 95 plus games again next year, do you think your outlook changes? Do you think their outlook changes on what the plan is moving forward? I'll answer that question, but this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill you want to eat healthy but just get so boring by like week three you might be thinking this is just not worth it where's the chocolate well built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate they're low calorie low sugar but high protein and high fiber so it's great for that keto diet here's an idea for the new year go to your secrets Go to your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all those sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Just go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. the pod yeah because i mean of course every time i do a crossover a lockdown host you're probably the only one who has to ask like how do we get ketel martins probably because your team's in a similar situation as mine but the d-backs have just kind of they they just kind of been beating around the bush on the question like they've been pretty i guess non-committal to it but i think they want to keep ketel Marte, but I think their perspective would change if they keep losing, you know, 100 games or whatever for the next couple of seasons. But Keto Marte, like I said, he's an MVP candidate. And the thing is, 
He's getting he's one he's on one of the best contracts in baseball. He's making 10 million or less for the next couple of years, I think through 2025, maybe 2024. So he's a bargain player. And for a guy who's still young in his late 20s, the kind of deal he's on, it's like, why move him? It's not like the Zach Ranky move. I know you want to talk about some of the trades uh, in the past, but it's not like any of the prospects or players have gone back and returned for our last couple of big trades have really worked out entirely uh, perfect so far. So right now I think they're just going to stay pat with Ketel Marte again, running back in 2022. But if we see similar results that we've seen in 2020, 2021, then I think we could see a major shakeup, not just coming from, you know, the lineup and the players, but even that coaching staff, Tori Lavello only got a one year extension. He's been, I mean, he's been, I, I you know, Mike Hazen and him go back to the Red Sox days, but you never know. Like if Tori Lavello has another season where this team does not look good and he's deciding to use Madison Bumgarner as a pinch hitter late in games instead of other bench players, then I don't know uh, if this team can endure another Tori Lavello and some of these players having another bad season for 2022 and beyond. It'll be interesting to see. And, and, you know, in terms of, of trades, I did want to get to that, but kind of a, uh, another question before that, that will lead into the trades, you know, you look at the Orioles and you know, their top three prospects at the moment, Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, DL Hall, they're all top 100 guys in baseball and they were all drafted by the Orioles. But as you go a little further down the top 10 of the Orioles prospect list, there are a good amount of guys who they have acquired uh, in trades over the last couple of years. But what I notice in Arizona is I believe the top, all of the top 10 prospects on MLB.com for Arizona were either drafted or signed as international free agents by the Diamondbacks. So kind of a two-part question. One, are any of these guys going to be in the bigs in 2022 that you are hopeful for? And then kind of the, the B part of the question, is it concerning at all that any of the trades that have been made haven't turned into some of those guys or is it more like, you know, Hey, we got Zach Gallen. He's already in the big leagues. And, and that's why that trade worked out. Yeah. Some of the trades that they made in recent years, like uh, the Paul Goldschmidt trade or like the Zach Ringett trade, a lot of those guys were closer to being major league ready. Not a lot of them were these 18 year olds who are in high, a. like in the Paul Goldschmidt trade, you got back Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver. Like those are two guys starting from day one and the Zach Ranky trade. You got like three dudes who are already in double a AA or triple a plus a Josh Rojas, who's already, been a major leaguer for the last two years. So a lot of the big trades that they made the last few years, they got back a lot of major league ready players where they weren't going to spend a lot of times in the minors. And so I think that kind of answers that part of the question, but in terms of the drafting of players and who's one of the top prospects that we might see in 2022, Alec Thomas is probably the most likely guy. Um, look at MLB.com right now. He's number three on the top 30 prospect rankings. And he's someone, I believe he won minor league player of the year for the D-backs. He had a phenomenal season last year. I believe he represented them in the minor league all-star game as well. So he's an outfielder. The D-backs right now do have a need in the corner outfield because there's no longer a Cole Calhoun. Maybe a Dalton Varsho gets some more run out there. But the D-backs are really deep right now in their outfield prospects. So I think Alec Thomas is going to be a guy that we potentially see in 2022. He went from double A to triple A uh, last season. So I think he's probably the most likely guy that we're going to see in the near future. But to answer your first part of the question, I think a lot of the guys that they've gone back in recent years were more major league ready. And that's why you haven't seen some of them in the top 10 prospects or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's another thing you can point to, to say the Diamondbacks aren't in a rebuild, because if you're really in a full rebuild, you're doing what the Orioles have done with some of their, you know, more recent trades, not, you know, they kind of whiffed on their big trading, which was in 2018 guys like Manny Machado and Kevin Gaussman were traded that year, but that was a different GM. The trades they've made more recently, you know, dealing guys like Dylan Bundy and Jose Iglesias, like 
they have gotten, you know, out of each of these deals, you know, a guy who's maybe a, a double A guy, but then they'll always get a, you know, an 18 or 19 year old who's, you know, a, a, a prospect who they think they can mold into a, a good player, but is, you know, four or five years away from the big leagues. And you can tell the Diamondbacks just aren't doing that. And, and that's what kind of signals that, yeah, maybe they had the same record as the Orioles, but the plan is not the same. You know, it, it's a different philosophy. It's a, it's a, it's a different road forward right now. Uh, you know, when you compare Arizona and Baltimore, now you mentioned the Paul Goldschmidt trade and, you know, that trade is, you know, you can talk about the Zach Granke one too, but the Goldschmidt one is different because when you think diamondbacks for the last, I mean, mm-hmm. close to a decade, almost you think Paul Goldschmidt. So, you know, looking at it now and you, you, you know, you're not five years down the road when you can more easily assess the trade, but looking at it now in terms of how much they needed to do that trade versus what they got back, like as a, a move that, you know, did not signal rebuild, but definitely didn't signal we're going all in when you trade a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, how do you assess that trade at this point? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of, fan of it at the time, just because I'm never in the market of trading your franchise cornerstone for a couple of prospects. Like I'm more of the guy, like, let's keep the better player instead of trying to, you know, wish for a hope and a prayer. But when you look back at it, I mean, it, it's weird to say, because I think a lot of D-backs fans, we all like Carson Kelly. He showed a lot in 2019, showed a lot of promise. 2020 wasn't the same, but bounced back a little bit in 2021. But still, there's a lot of question marks for Carson Kelly. Can he hit that ceiling we saw in 2019? Can he get back to being consistent like he was in 2019? So there's still a lot of question marks with him. And a Luke Weaver as well is another guy that really showed a lot in 2019. He had like a sub three ERA. And then he got hurt, missed basically the rest of the season. And then 2020, did not look good at all. Came back in 2021, had a little bit of a bounce back, but again, he missed a lot of the season and he's basically turned into just a two-pitch guy over the last couple of years. So you look at the development from Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly the last three years, then you got to admit, like, maybe are they going backwards? And Luke Weaver definitely looks like he's going backwards. Carson Kelly, I think you have a little bit more hope for, but I think the development from the D-backs has been the biggest issue for me over the last few years, because you look at the Robbie Rays of the world, who was an all-star in 2017, and they seem to regress every season. And as soon as they leave, they go on to become a Cy Young Award winner. Like The D-backs keep having quality players in their building, and then they keep letting them go do some kind of trade. They net back a couple of young guys, and then they can't really turn those players into great players. I mean, Zach Allen has worked out Ketel Marte has worked out but there's a lot of guys who they trade for that they end up going on to another team after they come to Arizona and their their career seems to take off so I think from a developmental system a developmental standpoint that's my biggest issue with the D-backs team and you look at Paul Goldschmidt now like he's still a stud for the St. Louis Cardinals he's still a 30 plus home run guy still a guy with an OPS around 900 so well, I'd rather have a Paul Goldschmidt with a Ketel Marte on this team right now with a Dalton Varsho. I probably would. I like a Carson Kelly, but I don't think the Luke Weaver has really held up his part of the bargain as much. And I think I'd rather just have a franchise cornerstone that my fans can resemble with for, you know, however long he plays for the D-backs. Connor and I will wrap up the pod, but I need to tell you about how this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. 
head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Battle Line is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Yeah, that's the big thing. And and the reason I brought that up too is because, you know, it's obviously been a few years since this happened, but you know, when the Orioles unloaded in 2018, they traded Manny Machado and that was, Mm -hmm. you know, a little different, but you know, Manny had been there for seven years. He had basically grown the team back into a playoff contender and he was like, you know, maybe not the face of the Orioles because it was probably Adam Jones, but one of the faces of the Orioles at that point. And looking back at that trade, it's been now three years. So Orioles fans have a much more time to assess that than D-backs fans have of the Goldschmidt trade right now. But the Machado trade has flopped. And, you know, at the end of the season last year, none of the five players that the Orioles acquired were even on the big league roster for the Orioles. And only three of them were in the system. All were in AAA and all were struggling. And so, you know, not all these trades are, you know, hey, you know, it sucks that we're going to trade our star, but we're going to get back some really good young guys. Like they don't always work out. And a, and a Manny Machado uh, trade is a big reason there. And I think that's another reason why if you have Cattell Marte on a cheap contract, and I believe with the team options, like they have him through 2024. So if you've got him, keep him. And that brings me to my last question for you, Millard. Like, you know, the Orioles have shown what their plan is. And there's an interesting amount of trust from the fan base. Some people are, are all bought in on Mike Elias, tearing it all down. And they're like, he's going to build the Orioles into a consistent winner. Some people like me are happy that how well he's been able to do the rebuild, but don't like that the major league product has been so terrible through this and feel like he could have done a better job making it more watchable. And then some people just think what he's doing is just awful for the game and, and, you know, are just not a fan of anything he's doing. So I just wanted to ask, what is your feeling on, you know, your confidence in the D-backs front office to get this team after what is, you know, definitely the worst year they've had in a while to get this team back to at least being a contender in a division that is getting tougher and tougher by the year. It's hard to say I'm confident because the GM is really never allowed to go out there and spend any money. The D-backs have always been a team that at best their league average when it comes to payroll. This is a team that's only made the playoffs three times since 02. So it's not like I have a lot of confidence for them to get back there three times in 19 years. It's not like we've seen a lot of go- uh, a lot of glory since that 01 World Series. So it's hard to have a ton of confidence uh, if the ownership wants to spend a little bit more money on their team. I think it would help out a long way, but there's also it's just hard when you're trying to work around the margins because Mike Hayes and he's trying to go out there and get the cheap guys. He's basically trying to do what the San Francisco Giants are doing, where they go out and get the Kevin Gosman on one year deals or the or the Anthony Del Scafani's and those guys just turn out to be, you know, all star level pitchers, uh, basically on really cheap deals. And that's a really tough thing to do consistently. It's really hard to find those diamonds in the rough. And Mike Hazen has definitely not been able to do it with the back end of his bullpen going after the Hector Rondones and the Junior Guerreras 
and the Joaquin Sorias and the Davinskys and the list goes on and on. So finally he said, Hey, let's just go out there, get us an all-star level closer and just say, screw it. We're done trying to get the Joaquin Sorias. Hopefully they could turn back the clock eight years. Let's just go out there and get, even though he's a veteran and he's a little wily, he's still a stud. He's still, you could say in the back end of his prime. So I do respect that, but it's hard to have, it's hard to have confidence in a front office where you always seem to be hamstrung by your ownership. And this is a team historically over the last 20 years, basically since that world series, they haven't done much of anything. Basically a wild card appearance is the the Holy grail for this team. So it's tough to have any confidence in this D backs front office. It'll be interesting. The expectation is both these teams we're talking about win more than 52 games next year. I think the expectation is neither of these teams lose hundred games next year, to be honest, but it will be interesting. You know, both of them are in, somewhat similar paths, but, but they, they got to 52 wins this year, very different yeah. ways. Um, the, the couple of years before, and, uh, you know, hopefully for our sakes, uh, neither of our teams finish in last next year, uh, but it's the two toughest divisions in baseball. So, uh, we will see how that goes, but Miller, thank you so much uh, for joining us for this crossover episode, talking, uh, you know, the, just the status of the franchises here, the two teams who finished with the worst record in baseball in 2021. And, uh, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, can I get one question in from you, actually, Connor? Go for it. Go today. I just want to know, are the Orioles a team that, you know, they're in a similar situation as the D-backs? I get a lot of questions about Ketel Marte. I'm sure you get a lot of questions about Cedric Mullins. And what do you think the, D- the Orioles stand on him? I just want to know from an Orioles fan, their philosophy on their best player. I know you say don't trade Ketel Marte, and especially because they got three more years of him for not that much money, and he's a great player. As the same way I feel about Cedric Mullins. They've got more than three more years of Cedric Mullins. He is on very much a, a rookie con. I mean, he's not even into arbitration yet. And they basically got six war out of him. I mean, he came out of nowhere, basically. I mean, not a lot of people outside of Baltimore knew who Mullins was because he was supposed to be the replacement for Adam Jones in center field. Mm-hmm. Of course, when Jones went over to Arizona in 2019. Yeah. And Mullins started the year in 2019 as the opening day center fielder. By the end of the year, he was in double A. That's how bad his season went in 2019. 2020, he couldn't get a hit. They sent him back to the alternate site. He came back and was okay. And then 2021, the Orioles were basically in a spot where they were like, you know what? Mullins has shown us enough. Let's kind of make him like the fourth outfielder starting on the the team. Maybe give him a starting spot for a bit, see how he does. All of a sudden, he's an all-star center fielder and, you know, hitting leadoff in the all-star game for the American League. And (laughs) so at this point, you know, there's an argument that, We've seen the bad Cedric Mullins. We've only seen one year of good Cedric Mullins. Maybe you trade him now because his value is never going to be higher. My thing is, you've got like four or five more years before he even becomes a free agent. Maybe he'll never have a year better than this. But if he can get close to this, like he was a six-win player, if he can be like a four-win player for the next couple of years, that's a guy you build around because if you're saying, hey, we're going to compete in 2023, you're still going to have Mullins for years after 2023. So if you can get a player that good for, let's be honest, not that much money, keep him around. There is no reason to trade him. I know there were those rumors early in the offseason. They're not going to trade him. He'll be in center field in Camden Yards on opening day next year. Okay, and that's just one reason why I think the D-backs might stand still during this offseason, just because, like you said, you never know. There can always be a breakout star waiting in the wings. You saw it with Cedric Mullins. Like, you never know what kind of development a player can have from season to season. So I I just think that's one reason why the D-backs are going to be a stalemate probably and not move any of their big pieces this offseason. Yeah, both of us, you know what? The end on this, each team at least has a really exciting, good young center fielder uh, that we can at least get excited to watch every day. But Miller, thanks again. No problem, Connor. Thanks for having me on, buddy. 
That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to today's podcast. Again, we're in the off season, so only three pods a week. So go back and catch up on any pods you might have missed this week. We did a little segment called Core or Out the Door, looking at 12 D-backs players and deciding if they should be a part of the future. Also did a podcast talking about whether the D-backs should rebuild or retool this offseason. So go check out all those pods. Shout out to Connor Newcomb of Lockdown Orioles for inviting me onto for inviting me onto today's pod and asking me if I want to do a crossover. Of course, come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you. It's free and available on all platforms go make your second list of the day lockdown bets with your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling go enjoy the new year and as always stay safe and stay healthy deuces